All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're here recording Tuesday evening for our Wednesday, January 17th episode, episode number 113. We have three pretty tired individuals here. Uh, for those of you that were unaware, it was a strike day for teachers. All three of us are teachers. So minus 45, we were hoofing it outside. We uh wearing, I don't know, 19 jackets, whatever you could do to try and stay warm. It was a long day and me and Zach were just kind of joking that, oh yeah, it was, it was definitely a nap day <laughs> before we had to fire up the record button today. But um, we'll, uh, we'll say hello to the fellas and then we'll, uh, we'll get things going here. So we'll start with Zach. Zach, uh, strike day. It was chilly. It was real chilly, but uh, we made her through. Yeah. My, uh, my wife and I were joking this morning. Uh, we both looked like the, the baby brother off a of Christmas story. Where all four Ralph? limbs are just uh, <laughs> just totally straight out. We're trying to get into our car. We can't really sit down because we're we're both wearing like six layers plus ski pants and three hoodies and two uh two base layers and a jacket. Yeah, it was unbelievably cold, and I think it was actually colder in Saskatoon than it was in PA, even which is usually vice versa. But I felt for you guys that was that was a chilly morning. Armand, uh, you we saw each other quite a bit today, but I know you were you were rather busy as the representative for for your building. But uh, it was a big success here in PA, but a, a chilly day nonetheless. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little chilly and brisk, but uh, yeah, I was pretty busy uh, making sure that my staff at uh, the school I'm at was organized to have the second biggest uh, staff to make sure knew everything that was going on and in the whole uh pa and area so um i bet the carlton representative was just a little bit busier than me <laughs> <laughs> yeah one of the but, biggest uh, schools in western canada of course they're busy yeah but uh you know what it was good it was great to see all the support uh saw some uh students even from my school stop by with uh with hot drinks for the teachers and and timbits and stuff and that was that was great to see. It really warms my heart to see that. Uh, kept me warm on uh, such a cold day. Yeah, it was. I'm not sure what it was like for you guys, Zach, but we did it on 15th, which is like basically the hub of the city. Like almost everybody dropped. Shy of going down Second Ave, like Second Ave would be the most busy, and 15th would probably be <laughs> secondary. But we we kind of just lapped around there, and uh, between like the traffic honking and people waving, and and we actually had lots of like I noticed lots of parents and like just people in the community that were there with signs and saying, you know, we're supporting teacher. Like it was minus 45 man with the wind. Like it was hella cold. And like those people didn't have to be there. Like strikers, you're mandated to be there. You're, you're supporting for your own staff and your own, you know, obviously negotiations, but like Armin said, there's lots of students. There it was great. Lots of families. And I'm, I'm not sure what if it was like in Sassoon for you guys there, but we, man, the, the amount of honking and support was, was, uh, was surreal. I would say, but Sassoon similar. Yeah, I think so. Like we had we had three spots to choose from. Uh my wife and I and some friends, we did we did Lawson Heights Mall uh in the north end of the city and it's a pretty busy mall. Um and yeah, lots of people driving by, lots of honking. Um I saw yeah, quite a few uh like school-age kids coming by whether it was with their families that are are teachers or or just, you know, supporting, like you guys mentioned, showing solidarity with their classroom teachers. I'm not sure, but yeah, it was busy. Lots of honking, lots of waving. That's a good day. I had uh, 
I partnered up with a good buddy of mine. He's uh, we co-manage fantasy football team together. We don't get to see each other as much as, as now we're not the same school, but we got to talk fantasy football for, for a handful of hours today. <laughs> so it was a good day. No complaints for this guy. So um, we'll get things going here. Um, top of the episode, you guys. This is going to turn into a Detroit Lions podcast real quick. <laughs> if the, if this keeps going for the next couple of weeks, no fantasy happening. We're just this is straight Lions talk for for sixty five minutes. Like we're we're giving her beans, but I got to tell you, one of the happiest days of my life and one of the most stressful days of my life was that Lions game. And I told you guys like that was going to be a bloodbath and it was going to be nerve wracking. Like that final drive, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. It was just like the biggest swing of emotion I've ever had, but I had so many people, like I, I kind of jokingly said, I'm going to turn my phone off. Cause like for better, or for worse, there's going to be a lot. And like, I got so many texts throughout the game. Like how nervous are you right now? Kind of text. Like, Oh, it was unbelievable. But a um, couple reflection. I got to throw a couple out here. Some of my favorite memories from this game. I was nervous that jaw that Jared Goff was going to be like, like Matthew Stafford had nothing to lose. He has nothing to prove, nothing to lose homecoming. They're, they're not the favorites. Like, nothing to prove Stafford wise, but everything golf had everything to prove in this deal. Like that's why the Rams went out and made this trade. So I was like, maybe he's gonna be a little bit nervous and like, we might have a slow start that first pass. Man, I was like quadruple coverage and he ripped that ball into that target to Reynolds. I was like, Oh yeah, he's, he's here to go. I, and I, if I remember correctly, there was 11 incomplete passes throughout the entire game. I think golf had five, and Stafford had six incomplete passes. I got I got to vet that, but I'm 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 sure golf was twenty two for twenty seven. I'm pretty confident on that stuff. The the, the staff room a little bit. Uh, I'm forgetting a little bit, but that uh, that leads me into our quick question a little bit here because I could talk about this one forever. But um, so many people. One of my friends she texted me and she said, "So like, was that like the number three moment of your life?" Like obviously behind getting married and behind the birth of my son. So, so yeah, I'd be uh, pretty much up there, but uh, my neighbor across the street, he's a, he's a big Lions fan, like big time Lions fan. Um, So right after the game, I'm downstairs, my son's sleeping. So I'm trying to be quiet and I'm jumping up and down and like fist pumping and like high kicking, like just celebrating obviously. And I get a text from him and he goes, Hey, look outside. So I look outside my basement window and he's standing right in the middle of the street. And it was like minus 40. Like it was so cold. He's in his, <laughs> he's in his Jersey standing right in the middle of the streets. He's like, so like, okay, I got to go outside and go talk to him for a second. I am like so hyped up. I run outside. I open the door outside. My wife set the alarm without me knowing while I was watching the game. So our <laughs> alarm starts going off. I got to run up the stairs, turn the alarm off, run outside. I'm in my like socks or bare feet. Minus 40, and we're like high fiving each other, like two grown men in the middle of the street to like 11 at night, just, just pure joy. And he's, I was like, Well, they hadn't won since 92. I was born in 94. I've never experienced a playoff victory in the line. So that was, that was pretty, pretty awesome. And uh, gonna keep on that ride. But, anyways, we'll get to the quick question. I can talk a little bit more, not in, in depth of that game, but I can talk a little bit about that. So, the question here is, it's leading into it is what is the best football game you've ever watched? Maybe it's like the, it's a shootout or maybe it's like, I don't know for me, obviously one of them was the, the Lions Rams game there, but we'll start one with Zach. This one, I was very curious on yours because obviously as a Pats fan, there's been some big moments in, in Pats history. So I was very curious to see which one you were going to end up picking, but we'll, uh, we'll start with you. The very, the very best football game you've ever seen. 
Well, when I saw when I saw your answer, I saw that you had three there, and I was like, oh, do I do I want to talk about all three? Um, <laughs> I talked about the one um, like three, two, three years ago when I first joined you guys, and uh, and Edelman retired. Uh, it was the divisional or, or AFC Championship game. I can't remember against the Ravens. Um, that was a big game. Uh, I thought about the uh, the Atlanta Super Bowl. Uh, having that big comeback, but I will honestly, never, for... I will never forget that Zach <laughs> watching with you in James's basement. Yeah. I, I was like, this, this guy is going through it right now at halftime. Like this, this guy might go home and just turn the TV off. Like I, I was, I was going through it with you there. I will yeah, never so forget like, that. <laughs> that one, like hell of a comeback, but obviously the first like three quarters are just awful. Yeah. Um. So I went with uh, Super Bowl Forty Nine. Uh, Seahawks, Pats. Uh, this was uh, at the time. Obviously, you're thinking coming off of two losses to the Giants in the previous uh, two appearances in the Super Bowl. You're thinking. I was thinking like this is the one that they really need to win. Um, there is still a debate at that time. Manning, Brady. You know who's the goat. Um, and then for that game to go back and forth was super exciting. Uh, they pull ahead, the Pats pull ahead, uh, with like two minutes left. Um, and then to see the Seahawks start marching the field, um, I think he's, I think it was curse caught that bizarro catch down the sideline. And I'm thinking, oh boy, this is, you know, Tyree Manningham all over again where where some fluky catch uh kind of s- soils an otherwise great super bowl for the pats and of course butler seals it there in the end zone with with seconds left and that really i think kickstarted the pats uh second second dynasty so for me that was a big game uh one game that i'm i'm sure i won't soon forget yeah i i remember where i was watching that game too and we did um for kin games we did like a, a whatever you got a square, like you bought a square. And then if your square matched up, you got like your final score was your square. You won all the or 50% of the money or whatever. And if they would have hit, got that touchdown, like if Seattle got that touchdown, I would have won the squares. So I was just like, I mean, Seattle lost the Super Bowl. So like obviously isn't the same reaction, but I was Richard Sherman doing the old, like, Oh my God, like what just happened? <laughs> I would have won like, I don't know, like a hundred bucks, but obviously Richard Sherman lost the Super Bowl. So I mean, same, same, I guess. But yeah, I remember that one. I remember that one too. It's obviously one of the punchlines of the NFL with uh, Marshawn Lynch and whatnot. But Armin, where, uh, where was or what I'm trying to say? Where? Sorry, what is your your game that you chose? Well, uh, I don't have quite the the deep history of Super Bowls to pick from for for my <laughs> team. <laughs> kind of like you, Jordan. But uh, you know what? Yeah, I I could have picked like an exciting game that even like I was invested in like that one, I was invested in a little bit too. Right. But uh, for me, the, the most exciting biggest moment as a Vikings fan was definitely the Minneapolis miracle. That was kind of when I started coming into to fantasy and watching the NFL and everything and um, kind of aging how, how long I've actually been into the NFL there because it hasn't been as long as uh, you guys. Right. So, um but that uh that game and coming down to the wire and then that catch by Stefan Diggs to to win the game for them 
um, was just like, uh, I like pretty much like you were Jordan this weekend, like so excited to to see uh, Minnesota win a win a playoff game, and and was excited and like just looking forward to to the future of the the franchise moving forward. And then we've kind of started going the wrong way a little bit, but uh, you know what? Um, we always have the mini miracle. <laughs> yeah, that's that's football. Uh, Zach mentioned there, I have three, so I put three down and like, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick this last one, but like, I'll put like, into words, I guess where I was at, but uh, I still think one of the best football games all around I've watched. And I think a lot of people could attest to this uh, with like, if you're like not including, you know, your, your biasy of your favorite teams or anything, uh, the week 11 of 2018, the Rams versus chiefs. I would go back and look some of those stats and it still baffles me. So it's the third highest scoring game in NFL history. The high scoring was 113 total points. Uh, the Redskins absolutely throttled the Giants in 1966, 72 to 41. Uh, then the number two was 106 total points. The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Browns in 2004, 58, 48. And then the number three was the game I was talking about where the Rams beat Kansas City, 54, 51 for 105 total points. Uh, third highest points ever. And I looked at some of the stats. Jerry Goff threw four touchdowns for 413 yards. And Patrick Mahomes threw for six touchdowns for 478 yards, but he had three interceptions in that game. Um, 54, 51, like that is astronomical. Uh, I still think about that game quite a bit. And unfortunately, I remember when I was watching, I was in my recently like just purchased house in the basement, setting up the basement a little bit, playing around. And I was playing Zach in fantasy and, and I got smashed. We talked about, we, we shared that story a couple of times where he had the golf cup stack and, yeah, I was on the unfortunate receiving end of that one. But so that game was one of my favorites. Um, Stafford winning the Super Bowl was is definitely my number two. And for the longest time, that was my favorite football game ever. Um, like when he won, like I felt always thought, like, okay, this is like this is the closest I'm gonna get to the Lions winning the Super Bowl without the Lions winning the Super Bowl was was him winning that. And like that was that was an unreal game, unreal experience. And I was like, okay, this is kind of what this feels like. This, you know being a part of a, a big win, but number one was obviously the Lions winning there. That one was like, I remember how like pumped and emotional and excited I was when Stafford won. That was just blown completely out of the water <laughs> on Sunday. Like I was just like, I all, all week I was nervous. My wife and I were sitting in front of the TV upstairs after we put our son to bed and the game's getting ready. And like, I was like, so nervous like deep breathing nerves and then they introduced the game with that uh Eminem intro and I was just like oh my god like I'm gonna run through a brick wall if this game does not kick off in five minutes like I was so fired up but uh now I'm just you know we got the one we got the monkey off her back and it was obviously a big one against Stafford and the storylines and everything now I'm just along for the ride just get to enjoy the ride now and see where else uh you know things take us but um We'll do studs and duds. We'll go through that quickly. We'll go through our picks, and then, uh, and then same as usual, we have our uh, DFS. So I'll start this one off quick with my start of uh, stud of the week, and then we'll uh, go Zach and Armin. So mine, it, it's Pukanakua. I, you know, I have to give the Rams some credit. That was, like I said, one of the best football games I've ever seen. It's just two polished offenses going toe to toe. Like I said, there was a total of I think eleven incompletions throughout the entire game back and forth uh just an unbelievable football game and Puka Nakua 
if I had a heart attack, it was for sure going to be because of him. Um, I was texting during the game, and and at that point, I think the line or the Rams just kicked a field goal, make it 24-23, and I'm thinking, okay, the Lions got the ball. If we can burn a little bit of clock, we have to score here, else we're in trouble. Three and out. Okay, they punted away, and I'm like, all right, just need a just need a stop. Just just need one stop. You know, a short a short drive or a turnover. Or, you know, just just one stop. Next play, Nakua, 61 yards. I'm like, oh, my God, it's over. It's over. Like, I was just so frustrated because he's so good. Uh, 10 targets, 9 receptions, 181 yards, and a touchdown for a 33 fantasy points. He broke the rookie receiving record uh, in the regular season, and then he broke the single, single game record for a rookie uh, for yards in, in that game as well, too. He's a stud. If you drafted him in a, in a keeper league or you have him in your dynasty league, you found a diamond in, as a, well, he was a fifth rounder in the NFL, but you would have got him obviously very late in your keeper leagues and uh, either maybe off the, off the waiver wire, if, if not a, a late, late pick in dynasty. And yeah, he's, <laughs> he's going to be a highly drafted commodity in, in redrafts next year. So Bukunakua, I know the season's over. Uh, but I got to tip my cap to a, a great offense of, of the Rams. And then obviously Stafford and Puka Nakua were a large portion of taking some years off my life. Um, Zach, let's, uh, let's hear your stat here. Uh, Rashid Rice, he's a, I guess, similar in a sense to, to Puka where a uh, young receiver coming up real, real clutch for, for his team in his post season deb- debut. Uh Rice had 12 targets, eight receptions, uh, 130 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Um, and I think this this game may be may signal kind of like the the starting starting point, starting spot of what the Chiefs could do in in the playoffs. Um, I think all year we've been talking about they're going to get by with with Kelsey. They're going to go as far as Kelsey can take them. Um, and then last week we talked about the the, uh, the sorry the Chiefs really having to rely on Mahomes uh, on his running ability, but if they can if they can count on Rice to have games, maybe not to this extent, but similar to this where where they can give him double digit targets and they can count on uh, catch percentage you know sixty percent and above, um, they might have themselves a weapon that they can count on and take some pressure. And some coverage off of off of Kelsey. His um yards after catch too is is he's not the big field stretcher down the field big plays, but like him and Puka play a very similar game. A lot of catches close to the line of scrimmage, and then they're just gone. They're like yeah. gone. He had uh sixteen point two five yards per reception. Yeah, that's pretty good. Speak, speaking of Mahomes with his legs, do you guys see the like? How wild is that? His helmet absolutely shattered. And then they didn't blow it down. They let him play two plays with like a busted up helmet. Like the <laughs> the, the wildest, one of the wildest things I've seen and one of the more bizarre plays uh, from from this uh, wildcard weekend. Um, Armand, your stud of the week. All right. I had to show some love to a guy who probably wasn't getting a lot of love championship weekend for fantasy football. Um, but uh, he pulls it out when it counts most for his team. And that's Aaron Jones, 21 carries for 118 yards, three touchdowns, 
and one catch for 13 for 31.6 fantasy points if you were playing fantasy with him. Um, absolutely stud week for him. Showed why um, the Packers need him um, in order to get rolling here. And um, honestly, like, this Packers team is a little scary. Like, I know, like, everyone's thinking San Fran for this weekend, but, like, there's a little part of me that's, like, maybe green bay could actually pull it off yeah i'm right there with in our i'm not gonna no, give too much away in our pickums coming up i typed in packers and then i chickened out and changed it but like if i could go back and clip it and play it right now our consensus was like this is gonna be the most dallas thing if they lose but we all talked about like if there's an upset this is the, the game that would be the upset like we were like talking that literally well seven days ago almost to the minute we were talking about the Packers it's it's there's a good chance this happens and not only do they upset them man they embarrassed them like that was a large portion with Aaron Jones man he he looked good like vintage vintage Aaron Jones he looked really good it you know what like he's I know he's been injured a lot this season but kind of gave him the rest and he he's fresh and he's ready to go for the playoffs like he is healthy and he is explosive again that would be an absolute bracket buster if that happened but we were talking about it could you imagine if it's the lions packers nfc championship game like this the rivalry that that it already is and the lions embarrassed them in the first matchup and then the packers embarrassed the lions in the second so it'd be a little rubber match and obviously a lot on the line with them with the super bowl matchup it would be uh It'd be, that would be a neat one, but it would be a bracket buster nonetheless. I think a lot yeah. of people obviously have the 49ers going to distance. I would like to see it, though. I would like to see it. I want the year of the underdogs. Let's get the underdog story. Let's get a team in there, a Super Bowl championship of teams that have never won the Super Bowl. I think that would be yeah. unreal. Um. Anyhow, let's uh, let's get the pickums. Last week, we uh, not too bad. Uh, Arm and I both went four for two. Uh, Zach, two for four. Uh, we still got lots of games left here to uh, balance out this one. Um, in my one bracket, I picked the Green Bay upset, but then I picked Miami to upset that one as well. And then the other one, I had the vice versa. So I'm actually doing pretty good in the brackets. Uh, but for the last week's pick, it was, it was a four for two because I had the, the Houston upset, which was which was helpful. Um, we'll start this one off. So we got the – I'll go through the matchups, and then we'll start doing some picks. So in the AFC, we have the number one – Ravens versus number four, um, Houston Texans, number two, Buffalo, and number three, KC. KC going on the road. Um, Patrick Mahomes' first ever road game in the playoffs. And then the NFC, we got San Francisco as the one hosting Green Bay as the seven, and then Detroit, the three hosting Tampa Bay, the six. So we'll start with Baltimore, Houston. Um, Zach, let's uh, let's go there with you first. Yeah, um, I'm surprised that the Texans are, are in this game. Uh, I may have had more confidence uh, to pick against the Ravens had the Browns been in there, but clearly after the showing uh, over the weekend, uh, you wouldn't be picking the the Browns regardless if they won. So I am going with the Ravens. Uh, This is a rematch of week one, I believe, where the Ravens and the Texans met up and the Ravens came out atop. Uh, I think it was 23 to nine, if I remember correctly. Um, back in September. Of course, lots have changed since then. Uh, still, though, taking the the veteran, the experienced team in Baltimore over the the youth and inexperience in Houston. 
Armand, are you uh, doubling down there? Or are you making a pivot? Yeah, I'm doubling down on Baltimore there. Um, Houston's an exciting team. They are dangerous. Um, they've shown they sh- just showed this weekend they could beat any team in the league. But um, like I said it from the beginning, and I'm keeping Baltimore as my pick to win the the Super Bowl because they're just top down the best team in the league. Like no other team is as strong as them in all phases of the game. Um, and I just Houston can't compete with that. They don't have the the power on defense or special teams. Um, offensively, they do have a lot of power, but uh, Baltimore just has that edge that they don't have. Talking to uh, some Baltimore fans, they're like, "Yeah, we just sometimes you know we have a a way of blowing things in the playoffs." But Houston, man, grip and rip it. Let's let's see. I want this to be a shootout slugfest, like. I I did not like I picked Houston to win, but I thought that was you know a bit of a hot take. I did not expect them to blow Cleveland out, but I am going Baltimore here too. But this is another one of those ones where it's like it has that weird feeling where Houston comes out swinging in the first one, Baltimore coming off the bye week, maybe they come out flat. Um, they play really really well with the lead. So Baltimore, especially a lot of the games where I've watched Baltimore and had the lead and they've looked really good. Um, I'd be interested to see if Houston comes out swinging and, and Baltimore's from behind to see what, what would happen there. So I'm, I'm hoping that one's going to be a, a bit of a fun one, but I also went, uh, went to Baltimore. I think that's a, a pretty consensus pick across the board. Uh, next one, we got Buffalo versus KC. Uh, I ended up going Buffalo here. KC on the road. I know Buffalo started out the season horrifically. And at one point they had a 5% chance of making the playoffs. But they've uh they've gone on a streak. They've started to pick things up a little bit. Josh Allen has cleaned up a little bit of the turnovers. He's still not perfect, uh, but he has cleaned it up a little bit. And um, the offense is looking. I would I would say is one of the best it's looked all season. Um, this is one where like KC they just find ways to win. They find ways to win. But I feel like Buffalo being at home, I think that is going to be the difference maker. Two teams that I see very, very similarly. Uh, they've The offenses have taken a bit of a step back uh, this season than they did the season before. Um, but I, I'm going to use my the difference maker of the or the splitting of the hairs is that Buffalo at home and that uh, atmosphere hosting the Chiefs, I think, is going to be electric. And that's going to be the difference maker there. So I'm, I'm, taking, uh, I'm taking the Bills. Armand? got KC or you got the Bills? You know, I I got KC. You can't bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in the playoffs. So I am there's only one team in this that I'm going in the whole playoffs right now that I'm going to bet against KC for the entirety of the playoffs and that's Baltimore. So if KC and Baltimore win here, I'm picking Baltimore, but Otherwise, it's KC pick all the way because I ain't betting against them. Um, like you said, they find ways to win. Um, and then they got a stellar defense. And Josh Allen is known to make mistakes in the big moments. And I just don't don't trust him to finish it. And I trust KC to make a big play on defense. And I think that's going to be what wins them the game is a few big plays on defense capitalizing on uh, a Josh Allen mistake here and there. 
Just, I just want Buffalo because I want a team that's never been in the Super Bowl. Come on, let's just get that going <laughs> into existence. Uh, I'm, Zach... I'm not saying I don't want it, Jordan, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm saying I'm not betting on it. <laughs> Zach, split the difference here. We got uh, we we need the tiebreaker. Where are you going, Chiefs or Buff Buffalo? I am siding here with Armand. I'm taking the Chiefs. Uh, very excited for the rematch of the December 10th game, uh, the Katarius. Kadarius Tony game. Um, really excited to see how this one shakes out. Um, and we, we all know, or we should all we should all know that the Bills did win that game uh 20 to 17. But I think the big difference uh between that game and this weekend's game is in that game in December, the Chiefs did not have Isaiah Pacheco, their number one running back. They relied heavily on Clyde's Edward Allaire, both uh, on the ground and through the air. And I think relying on CEH for anything offensively is probably not what they're going to do this weekend. I can see a heavy dose of Pacheco against a Buffalo Bills uh, rush defense that is very middle of the road. And unfortunately for them, there is a possibility that their starting linebacker may be out after suffering an injury uh, this weekend. So I think there's a pretty good chance that Pacheco does run wild on the Bills. And I think that might be the difference here. The uh, Bills are, I think they're a two-point favorite last I looked to. Um, I was looking at the spreads, I think. Both the number one seat games are 10-point spreads. The Lions are six. And then if I remember correctly, the Bills are a two-point spread. Um, Zach, might as well kick this one off here um, with the Lions and the Buccaneers. Okay, Lions and Buccaneers. All right. Uh, I am taking the the Lions here. I uh, like credit to the Buccaneers. Great for them that they came out on top. But I really don't see this happening twice in a row for them uh, I think it was a nice nice story I think they did well but I am definitely taking the Lions here no doubt about it Armand uh you with me or you against me you you told me the Lions are like almost the bottom of your list of teams you're cheering for here so just put some salt <laughs> in the wound I guess but uh, are you are you in or are you out here come on yeah I made a whole list there for you did you read the whole thing yeah yeah I think like um, I think like the, I think like you had like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in front of the Lions too. Like you, you had a big old list of teams you'd rather cheer for the Lions, but how how dare you say that I would have the Blue Bombers ahead of the Lions? Don't not hear say that. You can't do that to a Ryder fan. Man. <laughs> Blue Bombers bottom of the list, behind even like. You go like every sport in the world, every team in the world. The Bombers is bottom of the list. Let's, but uh, no, D- Detroit was uh, near the bottom, but weren't they weren't quite the bottom? Were they on my list? No, I had Green Bay as the bottom of my list. Yeah, but, yeah, you did. But uh, I'm picking Detroit here. I am with you on this one. Um, like Zach said, great story, Tampa Bay. Um, but it it's over. You were you capitalized on a team that's in a big slump right now that couldn't get out of it. Um, Detroit is on on a rise. They're playing pretty good ball. I wouldn't say necessarily their best ball of the season, but they're they're not in a slump, and you they're not a good enough team to to beat 
any team in the NFL. I think I said Houston could beat any team in the NFL, but uh, on the right day, Tampa Bay, I don't think could beat any team, every team in the NFL on any given, on their best day. So Tampa Bay, you're, you're done. Detroit it is. Yeah. This this one I I think is gonna be a routing. Like I don't even see this being even a close ball game. That that first half Detroit played, I've never seen a more polished, like unbelievable offense. It was it was methodical. They didn't have a negative play until like I think it was a minute left in this in the first half. Everything was like four yards, five yards, six yards, nine yards of crack on the ground through the air. Like it was a team on a mission. Um this is going to be a routing. It's not even going to be close. These two teams played in week six. Uh, keep in mind, the Lions were out. Uh, David Montgomery got hurt very, very early in that game. Jameer Gibbs was not playing in that game. Uh, very much of the Detroit Lions uh, defense was hurt, uh, and they routed them 20-6, to shut down the entire Buccaneers offense. Baker threw 206, no touchdowns and one interception. Um, Rashad White had 26, rush, led the team with 26 rushing yards. Chris Godwin had 77, uh, 77 yards, Evans 49 yards. They shut them down, and Lions were missing many, many key pieces to their their team. Uh, so this this is going to be an absolute routing. I, I, I would take the Lions minus the points, guaranteed. And that is with confidence. Last week was not with confidence. I can, I can tell you that much, but... Uh, we're going to wrap this one up here. We got our DFS. Zach smashed us last week. He had the Houston Eagles. Yeah, unfortunately, I got the Houston defense. They put up, was it, three <laughs> tutties? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Zach Zach rode the the tails of, of Houston. And, well, you're, you're, I should just say the coattails of Houston. But your, your your whole lineup did really, really well, 144 points. That was, that was a huge week. Uh, and then Zach, or then Armin and I had a close one. Armin ended up beating me by two points. Ooh. So, Zach has two points, Armin one, and I am sitting with zero. Uh, so we might as well get uh, Zach to start us off here. He's uh, he's the leader, so we might as well show us your quarterback first. Sure. Uh, went with a bit of a value player, what I consider to be a value play in Jared Goff. Uh, $7,600, which is about $1,000 less than most of, of the other quarterbacks. And I think this is a really good matchup for Goff. So Hopefully he's able to perform at a at a high level, uh, comparable to what the the other more expensive quarterbacks are uh, able to perform. Yeah, Armand, you finish in second, so you're up. Who's your cue? All right, I didn't go value quarterback here. I went with Lamar Jackson, eighty seven hundred dollars. I figure, like I, I'm pretty confident Baltimore is going to win this one, but. Houston does have a good enough offense that they are going to keep Baltimore pushing the ball and putting up points. So, um, and not trying to milk the clock as, as much as we may think. So, um, Lamar Jackson, I think is, is poised for uh, a big week. And even if, uh, even if Baltimore doesn't have a good sizable lead all, all game long, it, it, this game could have the potential to be a shootout too. So, um, I like those, those odds. I uh, I jumped in with Zach here. Uh, the Buccaneers have one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. Uh, the Detroit Lions still have very much one of the worst secondaries, but uh, the Buccaneers are not far behind them. And with seeing how good the offense was, I thought you know Jared Goff at seventy six hundred is uh, is a decent little value. So I jumped on board with uh, with Jared Goff as well. Thought that was uh, you know keep cheering for my boys. It worked out last time. I'll do the same. Um, uh, Zach, your running backs. Sure. 
Uh, I took Pacheco for 7,500 against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, again, like I mentioned, he didn't play in that game last month. And I think with the Bills injuries, um, I think the, the Chiefs may lean on Pacheco a little bit. And I went with White out of Tampa Bay for $6,700 um, against the uh, Lions. They have a very, very formidable uh, rush defense, uh, allowing the second fewest rushing yards per game. However, their passing defense is not nearly as uh, good. And White does a lot of his damage out of the backfield. So hopefully he's able to capitalize a little bit on that and uh, take advantage of those linebackers in Detroit. All right, Armand, uh, your running backs. You know, hearing Zach talk about Pacheco, it makes me really regret not actually having him in my lineup. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced now that Pacheco's going to have a great week, and I'm a little scared, Zach. You're a good salesman. <laughs> um, I ended up going Edwards and Rashad White, so matched uh, Zach at least with White. Continuing on that Baltimore train, Edwards is their goal line guy. Um, I'm predicting Baltimore to have a decent number of fantasy points, so. I, I did load up a little bit with the uh, Ravens players on this and there is a few options that were, were pretty cheap, actually surprisingly cheap Edwards, only 6,900 and then white at 6,700. And um, I know Detroit does have that, that good um, front line for stopping the run, but uh, kind of like what Zach was saying, there's, there's some things that can be taken advantage of there and, and white might be, be, able to get a little bit of a good game even though uh, we're predicting Tampa Bay to kind of get rolled um sometimes you do kind of see that too though right if a if a team can't get the ball downfield there's going to be check down after check down after check down to their uh running back and um White is a good receiver and it could be his game I uh I had Edwards in my lineup actually for for a good portion of time and then I ended up doing a little bit of pivoting because I went with uh some good little value option for Baltimore, like you mentioned in other positions. So I ended up pulling Edwards out of there because I didn't want to go too, too heavy with that offense and, and spread the wealth a little bit. But I, I, I dipped into the well big time. I, I took Christian McCaffrey, the number one most expensive player. Um, they, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers are the worst team, like the worst team against the running back uh, position for points given up. Obviously, McCaffrey can get it done on the ground. He can get it done in the air. He's jack of all trades kind of guy. And uh, I'm expecting this to be a pretty good football game back and forth. So McCaffrey, it's you know you know what you're getting. You're, you're spending the money. You know what you're getting there. So I spent ten thousand and eight hundred uh, fab dollars or whatever. So a very very expensive <laughs> purchase. Uh, so if he has a bad week, like that's gonna really that's gonna sink my ship. And when you're putting that much. Uh, of your your budget into one player but i also went with uh jameer gibbs at 7300 i thought that was a pretty little value all things considered uh especially because he is the passing back uh he man he was so good he was so good in that game against the rams uh, and they kind of like not phase montgomery out but they used him a lot more than i thought they were going to i had montgomery in my lineup last week um and he's at 7000 uh last this week and then gibbs at 73 um, so I'm going with Gibbs here. I feel like they're going to involve him out of the backfield uh, on some swing routes and and in the pass game a little bit more. Just he was so good with uh, with that 
this past week and with like I said the Bucks giving up a lot of passing yards I feel like there's gonna be some damage there and and if I'm going to take a running back too, I kind of want that double dip situation where maybe it's a, a check down uh, golf to Gibbs. So instead of, you know, Montgomery just punching it on the, on the one. So I, w- I went with Gibbs uh, wide receivers going back to Zach here, completing some stacks. Yeah. You bet took uh St. Brown. He was my big spend of the week. Uh, the, the Buccaneers have a bottom six passing defense. Um, I think that's a really good opportunity for him to to get a lot of looks. Um, and then went with Chris Godwin uh, at 6,900, who it looks like all three of us took. We all must have seen that uh, the Lions are a bottom two passing defense. Uh, and for the, the Buccaneers to compete, I think they're going to have to move the ball a little bit through the air, and, and he's a prime target and at... An, at and at a nice price, and then went with Romeo Dobbs, uh, sixty-one hundred. Don't love that pick. Um, we saw last week he had a pretty good game compared to what he has been having, and um, you could uh, throw all the all the Green Bay Packers receivers' names in a hat, and each week you're going to pull out a different name for who has a big week, and and hopefully this is Dobbs' week to have a nice week. Uh, Armin, your turn. All right, so I'm going to start off with my first receiver because Zach just finished talking about a Green Bay receiver. I went with a different one. I went with Jaden Reed um, for $6,600. Um, the reason being he was a little bit more consistent throughout the season. They manufactured touches for him. And I, I figure in, in this game they're going to be um, fighting it a little bit. They're going to try and manufacture some touches for their playmakers, um, try and get a little bit uh, – more interesting with their offense than they were last week uh, with Jaden Reed. Um, and then also he was shut down a little bit last week. And and then you got to figure like San Fran was watching that game. They're going to be keen in on Dobbs and Wicks because they were wide open against Dallas. And and Reed might be a little forgotten all of a sudden just because of one game. It's kind of my hopes here. So uh, manufactured touches and hopefully a forgotten man after two other receivers kind of went off, not – Huge games, but uh, pretty good games against that Dallas defense. Um, the next one I have is Josh Reynolds, again, at $6,100. Um, decided to go for, for Detroit here and hopefully hit big with a with a value pick here in, in Reynolds. And, and it paid off a little bit last week, so hopefully it'll pay off a little bit again this week. And then my third receiver, I went with Godwin, um, same as Zach um, there. For $6,900, it um, was kind of trying to find a receiver in that value. Um, and Godwin was was the one I liked the the most, um, considering the matchup. Like Zach said, they're going to have to be passing it against Detroit. Um, their, their defense that's better against the run. Um, so kind of the same theory as White, where I'm hoping he's getting lots of passes. Same as Godwin, they're, they're going to be throwing the ball. They're going to be down. Um, hopefully he, he can break off one or two big ones and score a TD or something for me here. I thought I was being sneaky with the, the Godwin pick just because of, you know, if it's bad offense, maybe people go with the Mike Evans pick, but the only way like Detroit, the only way Detroit loses that game is if they keep giving up those big, long over the top touchdowns. Um, so they're just going to limit that. I think there's, it's going to be underneath stuff where it's going to have to be a long drug out, you know, 
drive where it's the six, seven, eight yard passes that, and that's kind of where Godwin has flourished over Mike Evans. So I thought that was a bit of a sneaky pick, but apparently we're all on the same page here. Taking, <laughs> they can a good value at 6,900 too. But uh, I also took Josh Reynolds, same as Armand. Uh, I wanted to get a Monra in there too, but with taking McCaffrey, there was just no way I could get a Monra and St. Uh, a Monra and sorry, McCaffrey in my lineup. It wasn't possible. And uh, Josh Reynolds looked really, really good that past week. Uh, shy of getting a touchdown, he had a, a huge, especially huge first half. The whole Lions offense uh, wasn't super great in the second half. They got a little bit more conservative. Um, but I took Josh Reynolds at 6,100. I thought that was a, a really good value uh, for you know, a high-octane a high octane, uh, offense. And then last, uh, for just more or less, it was a value pick because much the same as we talked about the, uh, the Packers, just kind of throwing all the receivers in the mix and see what comes out. Odell Beckham Jr. is much of the same as that for for the Ravens. And I know he's unlikely the first or maybe not even the second uh, receiving option in that offense. But we've seen him have some big flash games uh, down the stretch here. So a guy that I took there as a flyer, especially with taking a big name like McCaffrey, I got to take some budget plays. And I thought 5,600 for a guy that could be explosive or could or, or very well could likely get a, a long touchdown. All right, well, we might as well throw him in the lineup at 5,600 and, and hope for the best um zach uh i might just save us some time here once again all of us going the same time maybe zach will just tell us who he went with and a little bit of why and we could just thumbs up it but uh zach your tight end yeah i thought uh when i entered this name in kind of like you were saying with god when i thought boy i found a real gem great price uh, <laughs> a good part of that offense i was really excited um and i guess we were we were all excited about it uh, Isaiah likely, uh, likely to be in all of our lineups, I guess, uh, likely at 5,500, uh, tight end for the Ravens. Um, the, the Texans are a middle of the road pass defense and likely has shown that he is a, a touchdown producer, uh, since week 13, he has scored a touchdown in every game except for one. Um, and, uh, I think he's carving out a nice role in that offense. Um, I will say I do reserve the right to change this, especially if <laughs> Mark Andrews uh, is active and looks like he's going to play a lot. Um, I did have to do a lot of, a lot of reading this afternoon uh, to make sure. And it sounds like uh, Andrews isn't going to play this week. So I do feel confident with likely, but if Andrews is activated, that may uh, change my mind a little bit. Yeah, I I thought this was a sneaky player. There's two names that I had in my head that are like, okay, likely was one, but I thought it was going to cost quite a bit more. Um, the other one I had too, maybe I won't say, because maybe we all have to switch if something happens, but ask her, I'll just say, I, I, I was interested in Dawson Knox. I thought he's going to be dirt cheap. He's a guy that's like a red zone target for Josh Allen's constantly. He's a, a prop bet king for me. He's been paying out some good money for, for touchdowns. He's 5,100. So, I mean, really, the $400 you're going to save, I'd much rather be be rolling with Isaiah Likely on that one. But um, last we got flexes and our defenses. So, Zach, let's go to the uh, – let's go to your flex. My flex is Devin Singletary. Um, felt a lot better about him last week uh, than I do this week. However, I do think he is still a nice play um, at his given price of uh, $6,400. Uh, at that price, I think he is somebody that can produce a lot higher 
than what he's worth. Um, I think he's probably good for a touchdown or or some looks. However, he is, um, uh, pardon me, going against a pretty stout uh, rush defense against the, the Baltimore Ravens. So really his only shot at producing big will be if he does get a score, I think. Armand, uh, big spender here in the old uh, flex position for you. Yeah, I reached into the well a little bit for this one. Um, I went with Debo Samuel at eighty three hundred dollars. Um, I I liked this play because uh, I figure Green Bay's defense isn't going to be able to really stop San Fran from moving the ball too much, and uh, I think it is a good Debo week. So uh, I'm uh, I'm a big fan, big fan. I went uh I went Dobbs same as for a lot of the reasons Zach talked about and I don't know if it maybe point chasing or what but 6100 is a pretty decent little value pick when you when you don't have a lot of funds to uh to to splurge um he he got a lot of work in the last week whether or not that's you know a, a tell of consistency or, or or not um but I think there's going to be some keys um to to other parts of the offense and at, at that point, like like Zach said, you're just you're hoping to hit the right one, and and it looks like Zach and I are hoping for a Dobbs week, and and Armin's uh, hoping for a, a Reed week. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, last last but not least, we have our DSTs. Um, Zach, we'll listen to yours first because obviously you're the DST whisperer here with the with the big bucks last <laughs> week, and so we'll see who you're uh, hunting for in the DST position. <clears throat> I uh, went with the Bills. They are 4,000. Uh, I think they were one of the lower uh, defenses, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Not the lowest, but one of the lower ones. Uh, of course, they are going against the Chiefs, so keep that in mind. Uh, but this isn't uh, the Chiefs that we've become accustomed to over the years. They are right in the middle of the pack when it comes to uh, points per game. So hopefully they don't get uh, the doors blown off and they can keep it a low-scoring game. Maybe get a turnover or two off Mahomes. That would be real nice. And uh, really just looking for uh, not to get pantsed here on the defense and just keep it uh, keep it respectful. Armand, uh, your DST. Uh, I went with the Chiefs, kind of similar to why I picked the Chiefs to to win against the Bills. Is uh, I figured Josh Allen's gonna make some mistakes and the Chiefs will capitalize on it. Um, they were one of the cheaper defenses, and I um can see them getting a turnover or two in this game to to kind of make it a value pick at how cheap they were as a as a defense. So, I I almost jumped on the same reason as you. It's like, you know, Josh Allen may throw an interception or two here just because that's kind of what we've become accustomed to this season, but. I took the Bills to win, so I'm hoping he doesn't uh, turn the ball over a ton. So I want the same as Zach. I went with the Bills. They're one of the top defenses uh, for against the uh, passing offenses. So I'm very curious to see what's going to happen here with a uh, cold-weather game with uh, Casey on the road. We've already seen them play a cold-weather game, but we have not seen them play on the road uh, in the playoffs before. So, you know, hope prepare anything can happen. But a uh, quick recap there, Zach. Let's, uh, from top to bottom, let's hear your team. All right, I went with uh, Goff, Pacheco, White, St. Brown, Godwin, Dobbs, Likely, Singletary, and the Bills. Armin, top to bottom. I went Jackson, QB, Edwards, and White, RB, Reed, Reynolds, and Godwin, receivers, Likely at tight end, Flex, Debo Samuel, and Chiefs defense. 
Yeah, my team uh, quarterback is Jared Goff. My running backs are Christian McCaffrey and Jameer Gibbs. My wide receivers are Josh Reynolds, Odell Beckham Jr., and Chris Godwin. I have Isaiah Likely as my tight end. Romeo Dobbs is my flex, and the Buffalo Bills uh, as my DST. Uh, that's going to pretty much wrap it up here for us. But uh, before we conclude this episode, a quick shout out to where we're at with the uh, the charity bracket challenge with five teams tied uh, at five points. Uh, the top teams um, in that order, I'm, I'm not in any specific order. I have two brackets in there. One is dead. It's got the Rams. Like I took one bracket with the Rams and I took one bracket with the Lions. So I have two brackets that have five points. One will fall off the cliff quick and one will hopefully will stay at the top. Uh, we also have uh, another top team we have as well is Matt Roberts. Uh, he is tied with five points. Darcy Bear, five points. And then my dad, Colin Kerr, also has five points. Lots of teams with four, four points. Lots of teams at three, a few teams at two. So uh, the bracket challenge is live and well, going great. And just another reminder too about our, uh, our Super Bowl watch party at the Rock Trout Event Center. That's going to be a full go February 11th. We got great prizes already coming in for that. So uh, book book your book your day there. Make sure you got them marked in the calendar, and hopefully we'll see you for for a great football game. But uh, I can guarantee you there'll be great prizes and and food and drinks and and good company as well too. So um, that's pretty much going to do it here uh, for our episode number 113. Thank you very much to everybody for listening. Um, take care. Talk soon, and uh, go Lions. Ha, 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 ha.